Sports Podcast presented by Sim Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandemotter. We're back. We're in the lab. We're kind of riding high right now. The Cavs just came off a 114-113 win versus the Celtics. We're recording at night, like right after the game, so I got the electricity buzzing. I'm ready for this episode, and let's get into it. We're talking Cavs today, boys. Yeah, so tonight was not the only night that the Cavs have been electric, Jack. They have been electric since the start of the season, especially after the first game of the season. They dropped the first game in Toronto. Darius Garland went down. Pretty new team, new offensive look with Donovan Mitchell. But since then, the Cavs have been unstoppable. They are currently on a six-game win streak. Knock on wood. They haven't lost since that game. Knock on wood. And now, Jack... They are sitting at 6-1, and one, which is good for second in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the Cavs have been absolutely living up to the hype. Like you said, we're 6-1. and one. we got a really nice road trip coming up here with five teams that are currently under 500. So not only are we 6-1, and one, but you know the future looks pretty good. we got Pistons, LeBron and the Lakers. we got the Clippers coming up, Kings, and then Golden State Warriors, who obviously they were in the finals. They won the finals last year, but have gone off to a cold start so i mean we're six and one with the with the reality that we could we could make this ten and one hopefully eventually usurp the undefeated bucks right now and then yeah Cavs beat the celtics twice and it's a great feeling in overtime both times but i feel like we controlled the game i mean we were leading the vast majority of that game other than a few runs that they had so Cavs, man they are looking good so we have some significant stats to kind of put our success into numbers John, if you want to just hop right into those, we can get talking about that. Yeah, so the Cavs look like a team like they did last year, surrounded by a defensive identity. The big difference, though, obviously this year is the offense. They're significantly better on offense. But as cliche as it sounds, Jack, defense wins championships, and that's what the Cavs are starting off great with. They're currently third in net rating, second in defensive rating, and seventh in offensive rating. So net rating is your overall rating in the NBA, meaning the Cavs are the third best right now. They're second in defensive rating, meaning they have the second best defense, and they're seventh in offensive rating, which means they're the seventh best. Comparatively, last year, the Cavs' offensive rating was 22nd in the NBA, and they still made it to the playoffs. So now this year, with the second best defense and the seventh best offense, you're really, really looking at a team that can succeed and maybe even make a deep playoff run. But a big part of this has been the defense. It looks great, Jack. They are allowing 106.7 points per game, which is good for fifth in the NBA and third in the East. And this could be even smaller, but after tonight, they've already went into their second overtime game versus the Celtics, which, you know, puts points up a little bit more, even though they're five minutes extra. But there's a lot of guys putting this defense together, Jack, putting this defense on top. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, who we thought could be a liability when we traded for him, has been playing great defensively. He was He's 14th in defensive rating across the entire NBA right now. Obviously, the, the Twin Towers in the center with Mobley and Allen are 9th and 10th, so they're really holding down the paint. And then, kind of surprisingly, Dean Wade and Karis LeBert have stepped up. They're both top 22 players on the defensive rating as, as well. So we have six players in the top 22 defensive players right now in the NBA. And maybe some of that's due to just the small sample size, but I mean, we're really stepping up on, on the defensive end of the court. 
Yeah, we talked a little bit about how it may be a small sample size with our buddy LeBron in there because we know he doesn't like to play a lot of defense. <laughs> but one thing that these guys are doing, Jack, is they're playing with a high motor and a lot of grit. We saw that tonight with the defense. They did let up a couple easy buckets to the Celtics at the end, but they're still diving on the ball, diving on the ground for balls. They're going really hard on defense, especially someone like Dean Wade, who's kind of come out of nowhere, even though he got that big contract extension. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But everyone's come together to form a great defensive unit. And this kind of goes into our next part. Everyone's stepping up, and they're stepping up on different nights. So... We have a list here that I'll read off, and this is just individual Cavs players that have had a night in the past seven games. So first off, Donovan Mitchell has 30-plus points in five of seven games. He had 41 versus the Celtics. He's been absolutely electric, absolutely lights off. People that know if he could take that next step up on offense, and it sure looks like he has. Next is Karis LeVert, who had 41 versus Boston as well. That was awesome to see. It was another overtime thriller. He went 0 for 9 the next game, Jack, but it didn't matter because the game before that, he had 41 points versus the Celtics. Next versus the New York Knicks, who would have loved to have Donovan Mitchell. He scored 30 versus them, by the way. Kevin Love had 29 points, and Dean Wade had 22 points which was a career high for Dean Wade. And I know you wanted to mention something about Dean here, Jack. Yeah, he's really earning that contract. The Cavs signed him to a three-year, $18.5 million extension this offseason, which raised just some question marks because I feel like people outside of the organization didn't really view Dean as like a, a big-time player. He was kind of just an afterthought. And he is really, even me, he's impressed quite a bit with how he's played so far. Defensively, we already talked about, and then offensively, before this game, he was shooting 62% from three, which obviously is you know, due for some regression, but that's incredible, man. He's, he's really stepped up and become a really integral part of this rotation. Yeah, dude, and a big thing with him, too, is his defense. So you know who was guarding Jalen Brown on the last shot tonight? That was Dean Wade, Jack. He has been awesome on defense. He played really well in defense versus the Celtics in the last game. The Cavs are putting him on opposing teams three and four players, and he's locking them up. But yes, so far it looks like he has certainly earned that contract. Next, Evan Mobley versus the Magic. This wasn't one of the Cavs' best games, but it's just another guy stepping up, having the team high in that game. And then tonight, Jack, Darius Garland with 29 points and 12 assists versus the Celtics in his first game back since the first game of the year. It looked like he hadn't missed a beat. And we also wanted two more little shout-outs here. One was to Jarrett Allen, who hasn't been as productive on the offensive end, but he's certainly hitting those boards with double-digit rebounds in six of the seven games, all despite the Bulls game. And then also... A well-deserved shout-out to J.B. Bickerstaff for leading this team to a 6-1 and one start. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you, you mentioned so many guys there. I'm not, I can't talk about them all, but I think the fact that e- each person is stepping up, like so many different players are stepping up, is really encouraging to me because before the season, like something that made the Cavs work so well last year was that chemistry to like move the ball and everyone's contributing to the, the team as a whole. And I was a little worried with bringing in a big name like Donovan Mitchell. Is he going to over, overtake that? Are some guys going to take a back seat? And it really doesn't look like that's been the case so far. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell's been getting his, but these guys have been getting their own as well. And 
like you said, I mean, even guys like uh, Jared Allen, who have not maybe put up 20-plus points or these big games, he has been contributing so much to this team. And it's just really, it's really fun to see, really fun to watch. And the Cavs are playing a great brand of basketball right now. And obviously, I hope that they can keep that going. So we wanted to double back real quick for you guys here. And we have a little segment just kind of reviewing the Donovan Mitchell trade. He's made such a big impact that I know we're only seven games into this season, but we kind of just want to make an initial look back at this trade. Yeah, so obviously just quick recap. We got Laurie Markinen, Colin Sexton, and Ochai Abaji were the three players involved, and then a handful of picks. So Laurie Markinen right now is having a great season. He is definitely looking like the main piece that we gave up, averaging 22 points per game, nine rebounds. Those numbers might be inflated because he's on a team with not out many scorers, so he's getting a lot of play. But I think Colin Sexton averaging 12 points per game. Ochai Abaji has been really surprising. He's basically not even played, averaging 15 minutes a game and only averaging five points, has yet to make a three. Meanwhile, Donovan Mitchell is playing like an MVP candidate. Obviously, it's too early to say anything definitively, but and I, not that it's not a win-win for both sides, but it's really looking like this this trade's paying big dividends for the Cavs. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen is balling out, but it does look like it's paying a huge dividend for the Cavs, giving them that big scoring partner with Darius Garland. We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but one of the big problems last year was just depending on Darius to score at the end of games, and as you saw tonight and literally every other game, Donovan Mitchell has stepped up huge and has been that other scoring punch. Quick stat, too, is with the Cavs last year, when Darius Garland didn't play, the Cavs' record was 4-14. and So having a guy like Donovan Mitchell, obviously we, we missed Darius Garland for the first basically six games of the season because he really only played a quarter of the first game. And we ended up, you know, or 5-1. and one. It goes to show you how important that is, trade has been. And then even down the stretch in this game versus the Celtics, when the Cavs offense was going through a lull, Donovan Mitchell was the guy that kind of bailed us out and got us going again. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And you talked about offense going from 22nd in efficiency now up to 7th in offensive efficiency. That's because of Donovan Mitchell. So Yeah, and I just wanted, I wanted to mention one more quick thing about the Jazz. It's cool to see Laurie kind of pop off there and average 22 points a game. It would have been nice to have that three because that's kind of the Cavs' hole, although Karis LeVert has had some games and some off days. But one of the bigger things is that the Jazz gave Colin Sexton that four-year, $70 million contract, and they're definitely easing him into the season, but it will be cool to see how that works out because the Cavs definitely were not willing to pay that to Sexton. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, only time can tell. And recently, too, Sexton's minutes have increased. So that 12.5 points per game should go up. I don't think that's super indicative. And obviously, we're, we're rooting for Colin Sexton. We like him, so. Yeah. Still Hopefully big Colin Sexton fans. You know why? Because he plays with it's so much grit, dude. So, so much grit. So much grit. They, they, we love grit. Yeah. The Browns could take a lesson take from, Colin, yeah, yeah. from Colin Sexton. <laughs> but anyways, moving on to the last segment of this episode – it's kind of just like a future outlook and a couple questions that we have about the Cavs. The first one is that we just have to continue to see this backcourt of Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell gel together. we got to see how they last defensively throughout the season. 
And we got to see just how they look offensively because the first half, or not even the first half, the second quarter and the third quarter tonight, they look kind of lost. Yeah, I think that was a, maybe an understated story of this game. It's like they, the Celtics had two separate times in, in both those quarters that you mentioned where they went on 13-0 runs and 14-0 runs. And this game probably would have been a blowout if the Cavs just played consistently throughout the game. If they played um, like the and, Browns. Yeah. <laughs> and I agree, when I when that happened, it looked like Mitchell and Garland maybe just weren't exactly on the same page. They were a little apprehensive about who should be taking the shots and who should be taking the lead. Not that, the, you know, I don't think it's anything to look into. It's their, basically their first game together. But it definitely will be interesting to watch those two gel together as, as a unit. Yeah. They, I mean, they could be the best backcourt in the NBA. They maybe already are. All we're just saying is that it's going to take time. And these two dudes have obviously been a huge scoring punch for the Cavs and have also been lights out from the three-point line. Speaking of someone who's not been lights out from yeah. the three-point line, <laughs> we got Isaac Okoro, who is now in his third year out of Auburn. And we were kind of expecting, or maybe not expecting, but hoping for big things. There were a lot of reports in the offseason that he had improved his offensive game. But he looks really lost. It's been really disappointing to see because, like, before the season, I was like, if Isaac Okoro can step up his offensive game, like, this Cavs team's going to be unbeatable. And unfortunately, that hasn't happened. Dean Wade has kind of stepped up in his place. And you've seen him, you know, not only defensively, he's been the offensive contributor that the Cavs needed from that wing spot. So, not not, not great, not super encouraging. And, and at this point, you, you question what his future is as not only a Cavs, but an NBA player. Yeah, so Okoro hasn't played a lot, Jack, but when he has, like you said, it hasn't been encouraging whatsoever. He's playing 16 minutes a game, shooting 22% from the field. So it's not only a three-point line, Jack. It's the field as a general. He's shooting 0% from three. He's averaging 1.7 points a game. And not only has he looked lost on the offensive side of the ball, but he's struggled on the defensive side as well. And that was his big strength coming into the season. It makes you question his future. Will he be in a Cavs uniform next year? Will he be in a Shanghai Sharks uniform? <laughs> we shall see. But he's certainly someone that needs to step it up so the Cavs see that he still has value. Right, the next talking point we have is, we kind of mentioned it, but you know, not now that we have Donovan Mitchell, we don't need to focus on just Garland to score at the end. So that's kind of a question that's been answered a little bit of, you know, coming down the stretch. We've got that guy who can keep this offense electric when it matters. Yeah, so that Celtics game tonight, the Cavs were cold. Last year with just Garland, I'm not saying that Garland can't carry a team, but it's certainly hard. And last year, if it was just Garland, we probably wouldn't have won this game tonight because that's way too much to ask of someone. But then... Out of nowhere, Donovan Mitchell, who only had 14 points at the time, scored 10 straight points for the Cavs, Jack, to tie up the game and even give us the lead. So that's your one-two punch. That's someone else coming in and scoring at the end of the game. And that shows you just how dynamic this Cavs offense can be. And someone that's going to make it more dynamic and someone that I'm really excited about is Ricky Rubio. And although we do not know exactly when he will return he's just more firepower on the offensive side of the ball that's 
going to be with us soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Ricky Riga. I think he's going to fit really well in this team. And you've seen uh, Raul Neto didn't play today, but he's gotten some playing time just because we're a little shallow on guards behind Donovan Mitchell. And obviously when Darius Garland was injured, so he was getting some playing time, and he's just not very good in my opinion. So having another guy to keep that offensive just rolling while Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland get a breather will be super nice to have. Last bullet point that I wanted to mention, and this is just something I noticed. I, I am questioning whether physicality might be an issue with this team. because I, So we played the Toronto Raptors the first game of the season. The Toronto Raptors are a notoriously physical team. like That's how they win. And we kind of struggled a little bit, especially down the stretch when it got just in that crunch time. So... And then, again, we see, like, Grant Williams, who's a really physical player, kind of had his way a little bit with Mobley and Allen, maybe down low. And so I do question whether, you know, if you if we play a super physical team, a hard-nosed team, you know, a team with a bunch of Patrick Beverleys, is, is this team going to struggle at all? Again, not something that I'm super worried about, but something I wanted to mention and get your thoughts on. I don't think so, Jack. Obviously, Marcus Smart and Grant Williams were kind of having their way with some of those guys tonight. They are flopping around on the court, getting some fouls drawn, which was so stupid. But it worked. It worked. It worked on the Cavs. It worked on Jarrett Allen. I'm just not nervous about it because we're also known to be a gritty physical team. Like, Jarrett Allen is a physical player. Evan Mobley will gain some weight and become more of a physical player. He's still just very thin at this point and he'll gain weight as his career goes on but he does show aggression Karis Levert has been someone that surprised me he's been super gritty going in for a lot of offensive rebounds he's been on the floor for balls and someone that I know you said you didn't quite like but is giving me some deli vibes and that was Raul Nato that dude has been a pest on defense Jack like when he's played he's been a pest but he's Probably not going to play a lot when Rubio's back. That's why he is playing right now, Jack. He's the third string point guard. But obviously haven't had to use him much because they've kept Dimitch on the court. But also one thing that's going to be interesting to look at when Rubio's back, Jack, is that Donovan Mitchell will probably play some of the least minutes in his career, which could lead to even more efficient offense from him and defense because he will be better rested. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Rubio being back. And just, I, I think the, to wrap it up too, like, this team is just not even, they have not reached their full potential, and that's what's so exciting. Like, this team is 6-1, and one, and I think we could play so much better than we've, we've been playing. So, I'm super excited that we got to hop on here for Cavs episode. Super excited that the Cavs are balling. Donovan Mitchell's balling. Any shout-outs you want to give to the people? No, just shout-out J.B. Bakerstaff for leading this team. He's been awesome. We were doubters in the past. We've already said we're sorry, but shout out JB. But that's all that we have for you guys today. Thank you so much if you made it this far. Tune in soon for a Browns episode. It won't be as positive as this one, but we will still talk about our beloved Browns. But again, Jack, it was an absolute pleasure. And you guys know the drill. Stay hot, our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Black Lions Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. 
Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.